Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Dr. Samantha Brody about her book, Overcoming Overwhelm, Dismantle Your Stress from the Inside Out. And I thought this would be a good conversation to revisit right now at the beginning of 2021, because I feel like myself, as well as a lot of those around me, and I'm assuming you as well, are overwhelmed. And in this conversation, that's what we talk about. We talk about how everyone's overwhelm can manifest in different ways and can be caused by different variables. So it needs to be dealt with in unique ways per person. And that's exactly what her book's about. That's exactly what this conversation dives into and talks about and we deal with and is so essential and crucial at this time right now. So I'll get out of the way and just say, enjoy this conversation with Dr. Samantha Brody. This week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Dr. Samantha Brody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So I I am psyched to be talking about this uh, topic of overwhelm because, honestly, it's something that can almost come in at a moment's notice. And, And I think, I mean, that's one of the things we'll talk about in a second when it comes to that word and, you know, how you define it. But I want to first first and foremost upfront say that your new book is called Overcoming Overwhelm, which is what we're going to be talking about. And the subtitle is Dismantling Your Stress from the Inside Out. I, I'm assuming, though, that overwhelm isn't just about stress. So uh, how do you define overwhelm? I look at overwhelm instead of as what we typically think about overwhelm, where we say in the moment, I feel overwhelmed. You're you're anxious or you feel like you have too much going on. I think about it more as the experience of having more stress than your body can handle and however that manifests for you. So overwhelm isn't just about this in this moment, I'm feeling overwhelmed. There's too many things. I don't know what to do next, but it's about how you are feeling in your body, how you're feeling in your mind, how you're looking at being able to get things done because of how you feel. 
Well, and then so that's related to stress, but it's not the exact same thing, right? Because like right now I could say, oh, I'm just so stressed right now. But that's not necessarily overwhelm. That's more of a, a t- uh, temporary stat- status. T- typically it is, yes. I think that there's a lot of overlap between stress and overwhelm. I think about overwhelm as being the end result of an accumulation of multiple stresses, not just the, this thing is stressing me out and making me overwhelmed. So stress as stress is the impact and no one agrees on the definition of stress. You know, you can read an article. I just was looking at one that said, oh, stress causes your brain to shrink. And that's such a, I mean, to put things in that, which is a study, right? And they're looking at stress in a particular way, but there is no across the board definition of stress that everyone agrees on, even within research studies. My framing on stress is this accumulation of many, many different things. And they can be things that you know very clearly your stresses or you think about as being stresses, like getting a divorce or having a deadline. But there are also things like the small minutiae day over day, the squeaky drawer or the food you're eating that doesn't work for your body or the lack of fresh air you're getting. All of those things are stresses on your system. And when those accumulate, they lead to overwhelm. It's not just what's on your to-do list that's making you feel overwhelmed or leading to overwhelm in your body. It's the accumulation of the myriad things in life that pile day over day and week over week and year over year because we're human to then lead to a state where your body and mind can no longer respond in a way that lines up with what's well, how you really want to feel, I guess. Mm, yeah. Well, and to me, when I hear overwhelm, I, I just think like you were kind of listing off, there's all these different um, areas of life. There's all these different, you know, dimensions. And when we have, uh, you know, accumulated <laughs> too many stresses uh, across the board. And I, I want to say like normally, at least for my personal experience, yeah, when those stresses pile up in all those different areas or even just piled up uh, incredibly high in one or two specific ones. It's right. because I've overcommitted. I've said yes to too many things. So commonly. That's yeah. very, very common to be saying to yes to many things and have that leading to overwhelm. But in my mind, it's also the things that aren't the day-to-day practical tasks. It's the choices we make on a regular basis about what we're going to do, not only with our time, but what we're going to put in our bodies and how we're going to interact. And often those things are things that we have some control over that don't necessarily involve other people. They certainly can. And learning how to say no to things and having good boundaries and all that is so important. And you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about how we, you know, one of the things we do in the book is look at, okay, how do you identify what those things are? But Also, to look at these things that we don't normally think about as being stresses, that if we address them, it lowers our overall load and gives us more room to say, have the bandwidth to say no to things or to stand up for ourselves or to be brutal about what we take on or don't take on. Obviously. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, while we're talking about this, the, yeah. one, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that the, all these, we've got all these different, you know, facets of ourselves. What let's list off some of these because I think, you know, some people might be thinking, well, overwhelm is just when I've got too much to do and it's in that and that's the status I'm in for an extended period of time. And that's not necessarily what you're talking about. 
the way that I frame the accumulation of stress is in areas. So I think about it as a big bucket. We're born, or sometimes a small bucket. You're born with an ability to handle stress. And some people are born with a very small bucket that represents that ability. Others with a big bucket. There are some things that can change that over time. But most often, you have a bandwidth as far as the container. And then different things fill that up. And over time, just being on the earth for longer, first of all, but in general, over time, as things happen, your bucket gets more and more full and certain people have a tendency to fill their bucket more than others. And the things that go in that bucket are things that have happened in the past and things that are happening right now. So the things that you experienced as a child that were stressful take up room in that bucket. And that's something you can't change. But I do talk in the book about how you might be able to change how you interact with that. Or your genetics, you can't change that, but you can, based on the uh, field of study called epigenetics, we, when the more stress you have, the more likely you are to turn on genes that might cause health conditions or such. Mm. The other categories that are in there are nutritional stress, environmental stress, insufficiencies, things that you are not getting enough of, fresh air, sunlight, fresh water, nature. There are financial stresses, there are relationship stresses, and these major categories run across groups of people. And how we specifically manifest those stresses or the stresses that we have are more based on our own personality, our own history, and the things that we do or do not say yes to or take on. And the way that we, the way that I look at it and have people dismantle it is to be able to really identify what the stresses are that are accumulating for them in their bucket and then look at what is most important to them and how they want to feel. So you can look at, all right, what can I get out of this bucket that is going to be the easiest way to do that and with the least amount of effort and with the most impact? Sometimes we're going after the wrong things when we're trying to decrease our stress. We're going after the thing that seems most obvious, even though really cumulatively, if you addressed a bunch of smaller things, Mm. you would have more benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I'm talking about when I say that, like, most people, when they're listening to this conversation and they're thinking about, you know, the possibility of them being overwhelmed, they're thinking of it more from like either a workplace uh, scenario or from a home environment kind of a scenario right. or, a, or a meshing of the both of those. But they're not thinking about their relationships will go, although the, again, those, that plays into home. That actually also right. plays into work. Uh, in other words, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is they are all interconnected and, and it's, it's hard to pull them all apart and just say, okay, it's these two areas I'm overwhelmed in and the rest are normal. It, it's really kind of probably an accumulation of all of them kind of together. Yeah, it's an accumulation. And even if it's not, so that thinking about overwhelm and the way it manifests, I was, doing another interview recently and a woman saying, well, I never feel overwhelmed. And then we started talking a little bit more. That's just not a word that she identifies with per se, but she does get very tired. And I said to her, this, you're, you're getting tired on a regular basis is actually because your body is overwhelmed with the choices that you're making on a day-to-day basis, whether I, I don't you know, I obviously couldn't weigh in on that because I didn't do a whole history with her that I would do with a patient or a client, but that whatever symptoms we have or however we're feeling that is not in alignment with what our values are and how we want to feel, that that is actually a form of overwhelm because there are too many things we're choosing that don't line up with what we really want for ourselves. And and that's a great point. You actually almost just revealed something without maybe meaning to is the feeling of overwhelm is not necessarily a feeling only. Right. right? It's a physical manifestation, a mental shutdown where you can't, you just can't think even though you might feel 
you might feel emotionally okay and you might not feel physically tired, your brain just shuts down because you're overwhelmed there. Right. Whatever your weak spot is, is how it's right. Whatever your weak spot is, is how it's going to manifest. So coming, get it. When I was getting ready for the book launch, I had so many moving pieces. I have a full-time job. I have my, where I see patients, I see clients online. I've got the book promotion stuff, all these moving pieces. And then we got, uh, I came home from a vacation and we had, I live in Portland in, in, our, in the city and we had rats in our house. Apparently our neighborhood has a rat infestation, who knew? And we ended up having to move into an Airbnb for a couple of weeks and I was managing everything. I'm very good at handling, you know, knowing, keeping my load down overall. And I was in a good mental state, but I ended up getting a health, I ended up getting shingles actually, which is very associated with stress. I went, oh, okay. There's this another layer that I need to get to. There's another piece that I can be more brutal, even though I think I'm doing what I need to do, right? And so it's this, our bodies will sometimes tell us you're overwhelmed, even when in our minds, we're very good at assessing, you know, at being organized or having things lined up in a way that allows us to be very particular about the way we approach our life and our choices. Your body is also going to tell you this is too much. And that's a sign of overwhelm too. And one of the keys that I really talk about in the book is paying attention to your body and how you feel because that's giving you an important message as well. And if you're feeling well, you can't really do what you want to do and accomplish what you want to accomplish if you're not feeling your best. Yeah. Well, and that's the key point there is we've kind of talked about how the overwhelm causing uh, the items that cause the overwhelm are personal and contextual and the way that it manifests is going to be, uh, personal and contextual. Exactly. So of course the, the approach to dismantling it is also going to be that. Yes. You just summed up the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so it's great talking with you and no, um, so how do you then somebody says okay yes like somebody comes to you and says i am overwhelmed obviously you're going to be talking with them about those first two things we just were talking about the the causes well let me let me back up the causes we'll get to in a second but that you know we'll you'll talk about the causes we've talked about uh you know the the symptomatic like manifestations of you know why do you say you're overwhelmed well it's because of this and this oh okay you know but but again Getting to the approach, the the actual dealing with it, like what are the first yeah. kind of steps in order to, you know, maybe identify uh, what we need to address? Yep. The book, I mean, the book literally goes through that step by step. I mean, yeah. It's a four step program. So the first step, the thing we look at is what's most important and how do you want to feel and who do you want to be? So getting really clear about what you want your life to look like. And I call that your true north. And that is a process of identifying what are your core values? What is really most important to you? And then how on a day-to-day basis, you know, one person really wants to feel happy or joyous. You know, I'm not someone that really cares about feeling joyous, particularly. I would rather, you know, I have other words that represent how I want to feel. I want to feel accomplished. I want to feel settled. You know, there, there are different things that represent how I want to feel. And which means, again, that's very individual. So we go through those two things. And then who, how do you want to show up when you look back at your life? What do you want to have, not just accomplished goal-wise, but who do you want to be and who do you want to have been? So once we get clear about the true north, we then look at how we make change best and what things may get in our way of making changes and who we need on our team and what we need to do with our mindset to be really ready to make these shifts. Because there are things in our lives that we 
based on our past, based on our tendencies that keep us from really moving forward in a way that allows us to make choices that line up with our values. So you get really clear about that. And then you were talking about the specific stresses. I actually take people through a process top to bottom of that bucket, looking at the different categories and what things within those categories are likely to cause stress for many people. So people can start thinking about, oh, that's something I never even really thought was causing me stress. Or that's something that I didn't even really think I could change to lower lower my overall load. And it, the, the risk, of course, in going through all of that is feeling overwhelmed, right? There are so many things. But ultimately, by identifying the myriad things that are impacting you, you can then say, all right, I'm going to choose these things to address. And that's what the last step is saying, all right, this particular thing is non-negotiable for me to really feel okay. So let's say that's someone knows that if they don't get outside for a walk for 20 minutes, nothing ever goes right for them. They just don't feel themselves. So that has to be a priority and something that needs to happen in order to be able to lower their load. And sometimes it's something they're just many small things or a number of small things, I call them uh, simple solution stresses. So cleaning off your desk, although not for everyone that isn't simple. So for me, I tend to be pretty organized and having a space around me that's organized helps me focus and feel better. And it's a 20 minute job I do every morning because things explode over the entire day. And that one thing changes the way I feel so profoundly. Or for someone else, it may be saying, okay, I took the quarter round out of my kitchen six months ago, I'm going to just go ahead and put that back up because every time I look at it, it gets me stressed or I'm going to hire someone to do that. So the getting clear on what's important, looking at how you make change best, identifying the stresses, and then very specific process on what is most important for you to do right now. I think we often knee jerk into goals because we they're expected of us, because we think that's what we want, because we think it's the most important thing to focus on. But often when we do that without really taking the time to deeply, deeply understand what and why, we can end up walk, going down this path and ending up somewhere that isn't really where we want it to be in the first place. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As you were talking about like the quarter round and, and other and uh, the cleaning of your desk, those are almost like the quick release valve to relieve oh, the pressure. That's a great way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, and, and, and I mean, we, and in productivity, we talk about this all the time. It's called like the, the quick win, because if you right. suddenly realize that the thing that you're afraid to tackle or the list of things that you're afraid to tackle, if you were to check 
one, two, three of them off because you've identified them as lowest hanging fruit of two to three minute things when you really yeah. sit and identify them then it's easier to say whoa my 10 my 10 item list for today is now down to six or seven right like, whoa. right exactly yep i call that a to-do hit list and so taking the things off of your to-do list that are going to take you know, less than 10 minutes you know the two one to two minute things are even easier yeah and then scheduling i have people actually look to schedule time to say all right this is going to be an hour a week of hit list items so you can just wipe the slate clean there. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. and, and so, so let me give you an example here. Uh, okay. one, of the, one of the things I've been trying to do, uh, we've been in our house now for, gosh, well, oh, let me say this. We're recording in December. Book comes out in January. We moved in in April of 2017. So we're almost coming up on two years. And, you know, with a new house, it's great to be able to do as much as you can when you first move in, but right. you can't not live there. And so um, what I've been trying to do is just say, okay, what's the one project uh, that I either can complete uh, each weekend like for yeah. take, take one to two hours each weekend and move something forward or complete and right. just see what that is. Right. And the other, you know, you can also for that type of thing, think outside the box. And so one of the things that we do, and I actually, my house was built in the 1909. And so the projects can be, we often have a good intention to do a project and it turns out that your thing that you thought would take a couple hours on the weekend is a yes. much bigger job. Yes. And so we, my husband and I, if we have a project that we've been wanting to get done for X period of time, and it depends what the project is up front, we'll say, if we don't get it done by this time, we're going to budget to have someone else do it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, just, getting help from somebody yeah. else, even if you have to pay for it. Right. And thinking outside the box, right? How can, is there a way to get this thing that's important to me done? If I'm continually, you know, the things that stay on your to-do list, either you take it off or you figure out a way around it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a yeah. question then about how much is it's not about how much is the project worth to you to pay somebody to do it. It's 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 that, but also how much is it worth to you to pay somebody to take that stress out of your life? Right. And to look at that specific stress, how much stress does this thing cause? Yes. On a scale of 1 to 10, is this thing not being done? You know, sometimes it'll be something that I'll think, oh, here's, this is really important. I want to get it done. And then I don't do it, don't do it. And the reality is when I really sit down and look at it, I don't really care that much. It just seemed like something I should care about. But ultimately, if I say this is something I'm choosing not to change, that also takes the stress off, right? One of the things we do in the book is we look at, okay, here are the things you're going to do right now. And here are the things you're choosing not to do right now and getting really clear about owning. This is something I'm choosing not to do right now. And then the stress dissipates because you're not now on top of not doing it, shaming yourself for not doing it, saying this is something I should do and continuing to beat yourself up over not having done the thing, right? You can't do it all. It's impossible. Even if it's just the things you want to do, you can't do it all, let alone the things that you have to do or should do or committed to do. I think you just hit on something else that I end up talking about often too, which is this whole idea of doing a brain dump. Um, mm. It's the idea that, I mean, I try to treat myself. I'll say, okay, here's a, here's a, uh, here's an actual pen and an actual <laughs> pad of paper. Uh, I'm sitting down at a coffee shop with a nice, uh, you know, fancy coffee and I'm going to sit here and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've made my brain more awake and now anything that's bothering me. I'm going to write down all the different things that I know that I 
should be doing or want to be doing, you know, whether it's, oh, you know, somebody so-and-so's birthday's coming up or, uh, you know, I really want to start writing this book or mm. I, I have a, an idea for a podcast or, you know, and you just start writing those things down because honestly, half the time, not even having uh, a first an awareness or two, a clarity on those items that are, you know, in our right. subconscious. Uh, so that's what I hear you talking about when you're saying it's it's not even necessarily about uh, like, for example, if there was the project that I was moving forward and you were going to pay somebody to just come do it or decide to not pay somebody to come do it. But you've then had clarity on the decision and right. relieved that thing from being a stressor in your life because you gained more perspective on it. Exactly. So that's where that that's where my head went when you said that. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things that I try to do in the section of the book where we're enumerating stresses is to guide people through kind of the the brain dump is the things that you know are milling about there, but these are things that we kind of make an effort an extra effort to dig out of there that are bothering us, but that they didn't kind of make it onto that list or into the brain dump because we didn't go, oh yeah, that thing. That area of, you know, whether it's not getting enough healthy lunch, you know, not, not eating lunch. I, had a, right. I was talking to someone the other day who was saying that she just actually ended up hiring someone to make lunches for, for her, which was, oh, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. You know, and so she had been putting so much guilt on herself. She was, she worked in the nutrition field and she'd been eating junk for two years and she had kids. She was feeding them junk for lunch. I mean, not junk, junk, but you know, not healthy food. And she went, this is something that's it caused her so much. I call this tolerations, right? These things that cause us a burden over the long period of time. And, you know, she knew to feel badly about that, but to come up with a solution of, you know, a, a, a variety of solutions around those types of things that we might not even realize how much they're weighing on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, I think that's the, the whole key as you walk us through the things in the book is finding again, not only the awareness of our stresses, but the solutions to those stresses. And uh, I know in the book you say that it's, it's easier for us to identify the things that we, the, the negatives that are in our lives versus right. the things, the positives, the the things we do want, the, the true north, as you kind of alluded right. to earlier. So how do we do that? Like, how do we walk through, um, you know, the process and say, I mean, because I think maybe one part is if you lean negative and you can identify a negative, but then spin it and say, wait, why is it that, that, that I don't like that thing? What's the positive thing I'm actually aiming for? If right. I can latch on. That, that is such a great approach. That is such a great way to do that. Right. That's solution making. That's thinking outside the box. That's reframing. And it's so important, I think, to be able to have that mindset, right. Have a positive mindset about, okay, of course there are terrible things that are going to happen. And of course we're going to have stresses that are difficult and situations that are challenging. And, you know, what do we, but then how do we say, all right, what am I going to get? How can I take this and get something positive out of it? Whether, whatever that is, the ident and back to your question specifically, as far as identifying what is most important to you, that's I means literally the first section of the book. I'm, I'll be offering in your, uh, I'll go ahead and give you a link in your show notes to an exercise to get clear about your values. And that's an example exercise from the book, an actual exercise from the book, Great. but taking it from there. And then the next step is looking at how you want to feel. And it's very similar to the values exercise. You don't actually have to get the book to do that. You can think about, think about it in the same framework, but more of how do I want to feel? And there'll often be an overlap between how you want to feel and what's most important to you, but not always. 
I think that's that's the key there is like at least for me I I know when I'm not necessarily clear on the positives of uh you know what it is I'm I am wanting or how right. I you know in other words the identity that I want to have versus the reality that I do have um it's easier for me to get bogged down well it's easier for most of us to get bogged sure. down and say like uh the way things are right now and then list a bunch of things that we hate Right. And that loops around too to this thing around saying no. So what it's so, especially when we're people pleasers or we're, we want to do good things for people. I don't tend to be a people pleaser, but I really want to be, I'm a helper. It's my nature. It's what I do for my work. It's what I do in my life. I want to come up with solutions for people. I, you know, with your podcast, you're that way too, I would assume. And the, the tendency then is to, again, you can easily overcommit, get overwhelmed, try to do too much. But if we are keeping in mind what our true North values are, and I mean, literally, you can look at them on a note card and say, does this choice line up with what's important to me, how I want to feel and who I want to be? And if the answer is no, then, you know, that it's a no, it's straight up a no and figuring out how you're going to interact with that. And sometimes it's things that you've already committed to that you can say, this is something that I'm not I know I said I was going to do this. I'm actually not going to be able to. Will that have a huge impact on you? Because I think sometimes we're so worried about hurting and upsetting other people that we don't even take into consideration that it might be no problem at all. (laughs) We don't do the thing we said we're going to do and that we don't owe it, you know, that we don't to ask, right, to, to make sure that you are being conscious about what we are committing to in the first place. And then once we do it, to be able to leave room to make changes to that if we need to, or if we want to, if we find we've overcommitted or find that something is going to be a lot more difficult than we thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, there's another concept in your book that I do want to make sure we mention here, and it's this right. chi of change. Mm. So uh, what is this chi of change? All I know is that chi has to do with, uh, it, it's a Chinese word. Uh, but then also I know that a lot of things lately when it comes to smartphone chargers have chi charging because it's that kind of, you just lay your phone down on it. The chi of change is how we make change best as an individual. So some people make change best quickly. Other people make change best slowly. Some people do better with accountability. Other people really are internally motivated to make changes. And so getting really clear about how you make change best, because there's no prescriptive way that's going to work for everyone. It just, if there were, then we would all be living our lives exactly the way we want to be. It just doesn't work like that. There is no one answer. The Actually, the original name of my book was The Answer Is There Is No Answer when I was first working on the proposal. And the first agent I talked to said, that's the worst book name I've ever heard. <laughs> because he's like, people want an answer. And I said, well, but but the point is there's no one answer. He's like, okay, whatever. Still change the name. Still change the name of the book. And that's fair enough. But it's really true that we all make change differently. We all have had different experiences that impact us that our subconscious is going to lay over what our past experience is on our current experience. There are different ways that we've had success in the past. So looking at how we make change best and how we're going to best support ourselves and set us our, you know, set ourselves up to be able to make the changes that are really in alignment with our own values. How do we live the life that's in alignment with our own values so we can accomplish and be the people who we want to be? Yeah. It's, it's so it's unique. In other words, it's, it's like right. we've been talking about this whole time. It's, you know, your stresses are unique, uh, your manifestations of how you're going to f- feel in whatever feel way that means for you, physical, mental, emotional, right. all of the above, uh, often, um, 
and then yeah, also is, what's causing it and how you deal with it. It's all right, unique. And, and this is the main one of the main tenets of naturopathic medicine. So as a naturopathic physician in the state of Oregon, I'm licensed as a primary care doctor. So I do both Western medicine and complementary medicine in my practice and with my consulting, my online consulting with clients. And the main point is that everyone is different and that there is no one answer. And you even can't really, you can't even look at a study and say, this thing won't work for you because it didn't work in the study because it, it might work for that person. And how we approach each person's health issue is going to be different. We wouldn't say, okay, everyone with a headache or migraine should get this medication or get this one first. If that doesn't work, we do this one. If that doesn't work, we do this one. We look at the underlying causative factors. We look at the holistic picture. We look at the the accumulation of what has impacted that person and how they're going to really be able to, you know, I don't like to use the word succeed because I don't feel like you can fail at self-care because it is a process and we, it is important to be able to not accomplish something and say that wasn't a failure. It was a learning experience to understand better how I'm going to do this in the future or to understand that this wasn't something important in the first place. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, because again, it's, it's not necessarily a failure. It's more of an, an experiment with data that came out the other end and now you know which way to, to test other directions. Yes, exactly. So very cool. I, I again, it's, it's uniqueness. Like it, it, people who are listening to this at the beginning of the year 2019, as it's Oof. coming upon us, uh, Many of them are out there listening and they are not necessarily aware of their overwhelm or they're not necessarily willing to admit they're overwhelmed. They may be aware mm. of it. And uh, I I want to start pointing people to where, one, they can grab the book, but two, I'll, again, like we said, we'll link up in the show notes um, – Oh, what was it you said? I, I know that you described it. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's the first exercise in the True North chapter. Yes. So it's identifying what your core values are. And there'll also be a sample chapter too. Yeah, so there you go. So what we're going to do is uh, we'll, we will link up to those things in the show notes for this episode. So you'll be able to go over to that. And I'll have provided the link to that uh, specifically in the intro as well as uh, right when I'm done here. And it'll be awesome. You know, it'll be beyond the to-do list.com slash to whatever 250 60 something episode number <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's where you'll be able to find uh, those things but uh dr samantha brody i am uh just kind of you know th this has been great talking with you i can't wait for people to jump in and start to move through this process of uh dismantling stress <laughs> so yeah thank you so much so, i really so cool appreciate you having me yeah. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Samantha Brody, and I hope that you got something out of this in terms of identifying the causes of your overwhelm and can start to do some of the homework that you need to do to overcome it. If you did and are working on it, would you do me the favor of thinking of somebody else who also needs to hear this conversation and sharing it with them? You can do that by hitting the share button on your podcast player app of choice, wherever you're listening to this right now, or heading on over to the show notes and hitting the share button from there at beyondthetodolist.com. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We've got lots of great conversations coming up in the near future and lots of great things planned for this year. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next episode.